God, we thank you. We thank you that you are here with us. We thank you that you are leading us. And God, we thank you uh, that you will be speaking to us this morning through your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Please take a seat for a moment. So I've, <clears throat> I've titled this, this message, When You Pray. Um, so we will come back to that in a minute. But um, we're just going to like focus on prayer, different aspects of prayer, the practicalities of prayer. And then um, towards the end, I'm going to maybe stretch our understanding of what prayer can really be in our lives and how it can make a difference for us. Um, so prayer is one of our church values and you will walk past this every week as you come into church. So we're going to say it together. It's not on there, but please join in if you know the words. We are a praying people, believing for the impossible. Come on, join in. Prayer causes things to happen that wouldn't happen if we didn't pray. And that's sort of the short version. And then the longer version goes, the Spirit of God works through us and speaks to us in a supernatural way. So we, we stand behind that. We agonised over that, the wording of that um, value to make sure that it really expressed what we felt about prayer and the way that that is important to us and foundational for us as a church. So um, it probably doesn't hurt to kind of get that in your, your mind, at least the short version, praying people believing for the impossible, uh, because we actually do believe that. We actually do believe that God can work in a supernatural way because of our prayers, that he will... Like, like things will be different because we pray. So I've been saying this year that prayer is foundational and um, you might just go, duh, like Jack, of course it is foundational. But for me, I get a real sense that, um, that this year it's more imperative. It feels more urgent to me this year. Um, as a group of ministers that meet once a month, we like all the denominations come together and have lunch together once a month in, in sale. Um, and we, we had a sense about four years ago uh, that something was starting to really move in sale, four to five years. We could sort of sense that the spirit was starting to move, that there was a little bit more energy around, like, and there were people starting to come back to church for the first time in a long time. And, um, and then, obviously, you know, COVID happened, and we sort of lost the sense of that because we weren't being able to meet together in the same way. But it feels to me, even, even now, that, that actually feels different to me than it did back then. Then it felt like, you know, there was this spirit kind of moving and uh, that things were happening. But, but to, to me now, it feels urgent that we be praying um, all the time different situations about different things but but we must not stop praying we need to pick up the pace if anything um, so what are we doing currently in this space as a church um, you may know that we have a prayer team who I communicate with every week by email so the prayer um, requests go out to this group they know that it's confidential um, everything is confidential sometimes I'll mention it again don't forget that this is confidential just to kind of keep that in our minds sometimes when people send their requests through they don't even want people on the prayer team coming up to them and saying oh you know we're like we're praying for you how's that going like they just they don't want to like be talking about it so we, we just don't 
Um, it's just easier that way if you just assume everything's confidential. So you can, you can send prayer requests to me and I will send it through to the team and I update them during the week how, how things are going. Uh, we have a prayer meeting every Sunday morning before the service at 9am in the conference room. Uh, somebody said in one of those uh, surveys we did recently, it shouldn't fit in the conference room. We shouldn't fit in there. Um, we should have too many people. We should have to move it into the hall. So um, there's a bit of a challenge maybe. Um, but we have a Zoom link for that as well. So even if you're away, and some people do that, we've got Jack uh, Winterbottom is joining us every week from the Northern Territory, like about as north as you can get. Um, so he, he um, dials in and uh, catches up with us in that prayer meeting. In that prayer meeting, we, we pray for the service, but we also pray for lost people and situations in our community, um, government situations, worldwide situations as well. So there's a definite sort of flavour to the prayers that we pray there. And some of our most faithful people, Leona is 94 and she does not miss a week. I'll tell you what, she is first there every week. Um, and then we do uh, prayer walks as well. So last week we did a prayer walk in Yarram and we just prayed around just... Um, quietly like we didn't make a big spectacle of it but we prayed in streets we went to the parks and uh, the hospital and like significant places in Yarram uh, where we we prayed um, for the people that would be using those spaces and um, we have one coming up in Locksport on the 19th of March so you might like to make a note of that in your diary and there is just something that happens when you are on the ground in an area praying in, in that geography, there's just something. You can sort of see the houses, you can imagine the people that are living in there, uh, the people that will be using the public spaces and things, and it just it gives you a new um, dimension to your prayers when you pray that way. A uh, slightly crazy idea I've had, but I'm talking about it openly because I really want this thing to happen. Um, I've I had this idea about having a, a map of our area, so um, of Wellingtonshire with just the towns marked on there um, and laminated, and um, I've practised this, by the way, um, and you get, you get a bit of dirt from the town, so I got some from our car park out here to practise with, and you mix it with glue and you put it on the, the laminated <laughs> bit of paper, and you can, like, I just see that being a big thing in a foyer. So I'm sort of still working towards that. But, like, I, for me, I'm visual and, um, I don't know, experiential, I guess. But I've, if I touch that ground and pray for it, that'll be different for me than if I just pray for Yarram. Um, but anyway, so that's, look forward to that. It's going to happen one day. We're, we're slow, but we're, get, we're getting there. Um, anyway, um... Right, so, and then we, we pray in our meetings. We pray in um, any church meetings that we have. We pray in our small groups and that sort of thing, which can be a real intimate time of prayer in your smaller fellowships. So those are sort of some of the things that we are doing already. And why do we pray? We pray like that because we know our battle is not against flesh and blood, don't we? It says in Ephesians 6 that it isn't against flesh and blood. So we might think that we are praying for the people in our street um, or somebody that we know who is in need or whatever, but we know it's not just about that person because it goes on to say in Ephesians that it is, uh, our battle is against the rulers, the authorities and powers of this dark world. So this world. 
and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So that's in Ephesians 6. You can go and read that. And that has been um, a scripture which has been really speaking to me for um, a few weeks now. Like just, just that imperative that we pray against the spiritual um, forces that are coming against people, that are coming against our community, that are coming against situations that we may know around the world. So this type of prayer, our prayers can be pushing back the forces of those dark forces. You can, like, in my mind I see it, I, I have a picture of us actually pushing it back, like clearing a bit of space and, and like, enlarging the boundaries that, where that, the darkness isn't, I guess. So we're going to read, our first scripture is from Matthew and it contains the Lord's Prayer. And uh, some, of you, um, some of you may remember an experience I had with the Lord's Prayer standing on this stage a few years ago. Um, and what I was trying to say was that the first line of the Lord's Prayer had really, really impacted me a lot during the week and I couldn't get past it. And like God was talking to me about this first line of the Lord's Prayer and so I'd said that and then I thought, I can't remember how it goes. Um, so, so this line that had been impacting me so deeply during the week had completely left my mind. And I thought, oh, I'll just explain it again and then like, I'll, all right, I'll, it'll come back to me. Well, it didn't at all. And so I looked down at Pastor Rob, who was sitting in the front, and I said, how does it go? Like, you have to help me. Anyway, ever since then, any time I need to say the Lord's Prayer, which I know, I have to write it down because it's stressful. <sighs> anyway, we'll be fine. Um, so this is the model that Jesus shared with his disciples when they asked him how they should pray. So Matthew 6, 5 to 15. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not go on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts, as we, have, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And then the longer version goes on. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So that is a really, um, obviously it's a good pattern of prayer because Jesus taught it to his disciples. And there's a real um, sort of rhythm to that prayer. Some, some of you may know other patterns of prayer that you use in your daily prayers. Um, and we've got some examples of this, so I assume that they're going up behind me. Um, so these are, they sort of have some echoes of the Lord's Prayer in there. You can see elements of the Lord's Prayer in some of these. So the young people go, thank, ask, thank. And I think they've even increased that a little bit, and it now goes, um, hey God, thank, ask, thank, we love you. Is that about right? Yep. 
Cool. So, I mean, that's just a, a really helpful pattern of, of prayer for them uh, that they follow. So if you hear our young people pray from up here, you can hear that rhythm in the way that they pray. So Acts is another one. So adoration, confession, thanksgiving and supplication or asking for things. And then there's thank you, sorry, please. And then this is one that I've been using uh, with my prayer app that I'm doing at the moment is Pray, which is pause, rejoice and reflect, ask and yield also, yes. So you can see how that, that is a helpful way of praying. So all of those things, they kind of help keep you on track and they stop you getting stuck in just asking. So it, it reminds you to do the other parts as well. Um, and none of those start with asking you'll notice that asking is a little further down the list than that sometimes you need to find your way of praying so if you don't like praying or you don't find it's an easy thing for you to do or you find you can't spend long doing it it may just be that you haven't found your way of praying yet so some people actually want to be locked in a room with a bible and that is how they pray the best other people, if you did that to them, they're just like, it would just not work for them. That would be a dry place for them. So maybe, maybe you are one of those people who just needs to get quiet in a room with a Bible and, um, yeah, that, that's how you'll um, meet God the best. But maybe you're a person who likes to walk in nature, um, which could be completely distracting to some people, but for other people that is a rich and rewarding way of praying. Um, so just explore a little bit. Use the spiritual personalities um, booklet that Pastor Brad's been talking about for the last few weeks. There's copies of it. If there isn't, ask. Um, but find out what your spiritual personality is and what works for you um, to be able to, to get into God's Word and praying in a really effective way for you. Your way doesn't have to look like anybody else's way. If your way is um, I don't know, doing an act of service, then for me it used to be in the kitchen when I was making vast quantities of chocolate cake to give away to people. But I would pray as I was making the chocolate cake for the person that I knew I was going to be giving that chocolate cake to. Whatever works for you, um, just find your way and start doing that. So over the years, we've, had, we've seen some um, significant answers to prayer. So again, things happen because we prayed that wouldn't have happened if we didn't pray. Um, one of those significant times was um, roughly 10 years ago and when we prayed for Sue and Pete Mash's grandson, Jack. He was, um, he was a little baby and he had no immune system. He was born sort of without an immune system and he was one of those babies that was in a bubble in the children's hospital and no one could touch him or hold him or anything. He was in one of those, you know, isolation bubbles. Um, for a long time and the doctors were planning all sorts of things that they could do to help him um, and in the end they didn't need to do any of those things because he just got better and he shouldn't have um, because people all over the place were praying for that little boy um, and he got better. He now has a functioning immune system which on paper he should not have um, and he is a robust strapping young lad of 10 and just hasn't had any more problems, never went back to that. 
Um, in the media, you might have seen that there is a, an awakening or a, a revival in a place called Asbury, Kentucky. And this, this thing has taken off uh, on a campus in a university there. Um, the message that was preached that day was very ordinary. The, the guy who, um, who preached it um, now admits that he was very lazy. Um, he didn't prepare well. Um, and, and his message was very, very ordinary. Um, so it didn't come because of the preaching. It came because of the prayers of the people and the worship that was happening in that place. Um, over 100,000 people have been to there in, in a week um, from around the country and from around the world now, people are starting to pour into that place to see what is happening and just be a part of that. So, um, ordinary message, we already have that. That could happen here today. I'm not saying every week, we don't have it every week, but, but today, that could happen. Um, in the Ukraine, like lots of us have been praying for the situation in the Ukraine. That's, that's just um, ticked over a year of conflict there. And if you've been part of our morning prayer um, meetings, the flavour of our prayers is, is that, um, that God can use even this situation to turn people's hearts towards himself. And that is happening. So we know that there will have been Christians all around the world praying for that situation, for the people there, um, and that, that God can turn people towards himself. And so I got this from the Bible Society during the week, and it's a real encouragement to me. Um, according to the Bible Society, the demand for Bibles in the Ukraine has more than doubled since Russia invaded the country last year. In the first nine months since the invasion, more than 359,000 Bibles were given out, over two and a half times more than the 136,000 distributed in 2020. Hazel Southam from the Bible Society said they were surprised with the demand. What our colleagues in Ukraine expected was that people will be blaming God for what was happening, but what they're encountering as they travel around the country is that people want to be close to God, and that's led to demand for Bibles. They say time and time again to us that people live so close to death all the time. It's causing them to ask existential questions about life and that's leading to people seeking to read the Bible, often for the first time. How amazing is that, to be living in that kind of a situation, in the midst of that conflict, and to turn towards God and not away from him. And that's what we've been praying for. The prayers of Christians around the world have helped move that in that direction. Prayer really does make a difference in situations and in the lives of people, pushing back those dark forces, even there in the Ukraine. So that's kind of some of the practicalities of prayer, what it can look like, um, maybe some of what it can do um, in, in the lives of people. That's not a good way of expressing it, but you know what I mean. Um, but there's, there's kind of another way, a, a deeper way maybe even of, than that, of looking at prayer. And there is um, a prayer... A prayer, a prayer minister, I guess that you call him, um, called James Aladdin in the UK that I follow. Um, and I like to think that we're friends on social media, me and this guy. Um, I said that once about, uh, quite surprisingly probably, um, a rap artist that I follow as well. Um, his name's Governor B. And I said to, to what my children, you know, that I was friends with this guy, Governor B, on social media, and they said, you're not friends, Mum. He is really famous and he doesn't know you exist. I was like, oh, okay, cool. 
thanks for that little correction. Anyway, that they were right, but this guy, I have actually asked him a question and he's replied to me, so I figure we're friends. Um, <laughs> and so I don't want you to hear this as a kind of a, how far short am I falling from, from this kind of an ideal of prayer. I want you to hear it as like an invitation or, or let it stretch your understanding of what prayer can be in your life. So this guy, James, so some of our prayer team did this. Um, we watched these, these uh, messages together at the beginning of, of COVID and we watched it um, on Zoom. Like, yeah. Anyway, so you guys will be familiar with this. But anyway, so he, there's two kind of pictures happening at the same time. So he, he relates praying to being like um, the temple in Jerusalem. So we've got a picture of that. If you're not familiar with the temple in Jerusalem, this is just going to be, um, yeah, just... Just look at that while I'm talking to you and it will help you kind of follow where we're going. So, so there's the outer court. There's the outer, outer court where even the ladies are allowed to go in there. But um, we won't go into that. The outer court is where just everyone can go. And then there is the inner court, which is, you know, not everyone can go in there. Um, and then there's the holy of holies where only one person can go in there one day a year. So that's kind of the progression of prayer uh, that we will be looking at. And he, he kind of marries that with a, a, a scripture in Matthew. And Matthew 7, 7, it says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. So there's that outer court, inner court, holy of holies. And he marries it with ask, seek, knock. And those are the different kind of ways that you pray. And you can see how there'd be a progression in that. So in the outer court, you... In, in his way of thinking, um, you're in the asking realm. You're asking God uh, for your needs, for physical needs, for, for things in the natural world. Um, still very connected to the, the world around you and to the concerns and, and the worries that we all have in our mind. Um, seeking the hands of God to meet those physical needs. And that's sort of what we've already talked about. And then in the inner court is where you would be seeking. So in that next part of the Matthew thing, seek and you will find. And this is a lot more time spent in this seeking realm. Um, so you're shifting away from some of the physical needs and the, the connection with the natural world. And you're starting to um, get your mind and your prayers onto things of more eternal significance. And this can take more time. So here's an example of Paul's prayer, which is um, sort of leaning in that direction. In Ephesians 1, it, uh, it says this, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. And so you can kind of see the nature of that prayer. It's not about getting needs met it's more about eternal things, um, you know, being enlightened and, and getting that hope uh, that God can offer you. Um, hopefully, hopefully that's starting to make a bit of sense. Um, so you can experience this type of seeking encounter with God during uh, worship times when you have, feel like you have a real connection or a real encounter with God. Um, also in your prayer times, um, if you manage to push past that um, situation where you're asking um, 
for your needs to be met, if you can push past that and get into a place where you are just seeking his face and seeking him for eternal things, then that, that is that real seeking realm. In the inner court, um, in, in the Old Testament, it talks about the things that are in the inner court and they are the showbread, which is the word of God, the lampstand, which is the Holy Spirit, and the altar of incense, which kind of speaks about intercession. So in that seeking realm of prayer, those are the things that you kind of need to have as a part of that. So we need the word of God there to help us. If we don't get the word of God into us, we can't get the word of God to come out of us when we're praying and when we need it for um, situations. So we need to be reading the word of God. Um, we need the lampstand, which is the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit working through us. It can't just be us saying our words. Um, it, we actually need that prompting of the Holy Spirit. Um, and then the altar of incense, the, the intercession, the, the standing in the gap for other people. And intercession doesn't happen from those asking type prayers. Um, They are good. I'm I'm not saying leave those ones behind. We need to do those ones as well. But um, the intercession will not come from there Um, because we will just be connected always to our physical needs and what, what needs to happen here. But if you get into that place where you are standing in the gap, which is what sort of intercession is, you're standing in the gap for people. You're standing in the gap between people and God and you are just being there, seeking God. He can give you a burden to pray, which is different. Um, So sure you can pray for revival um, because you know that that is the right thing to do. We we all know that, that we can be praying for that, right? But if you are spending time in this place of intercession and God gives you a burden on your heart for revival, just imagine how different your prayers are going to be. You might get visions, you might get a real clear picture of of what you can be praying for and the people that you are praying for. Because we're not just praying for a community, we're praying for individual people to come to know God. And once you get that burden on your heart, you won't be able to not pray. You will pray in a just such a different way it will become it is a real burden to you and you just have to keep praying for it in a really personal way same as if um, you are praying for somebody who's looking for healing or um, any situation in their life you can pray for them and we should pray for them Um, but if you are interceding for them and you are seeking God for them and he gives you a burden to pray for them and their situation for their healing um, or whatever the situation might be, you will pray in just such a different different way. So hopefully you're getting like a bit of a sense of, of how... And I know some people are doing this already, so some of you are streets ahead of me in this. So when you stand in that place of intercession, sometimes he'll show you things. So, so what, what is he showing you? What can you see? What's the community that you see? What's the, you know, the public space that you can see that you need to be praying for. We have a heart for the community where we live um, uh, in Warwick, you know. It's quite, a, it's quite a challenging community, but we have a heart to pray for that. And we walk the streets with our dog, um, two birds with one stone, right? So as we're walking the dog, but we are um, seeing the situations that people are in, getting to know people a little bit, praying for the situations around our community. 
And then we move into the Holy of Holies. So um, there is nothing there except the presence of God. This is setting aside big chunks of prayer to get to here. So you've pushed past the asking. You've been in the place of intercession, seeking God for other people and uh, burdens that he's placed on your heart. And then you just move into this next place, which is... um, I hesitate to say that it's not for everyone because then you think, oh, it's not for me then. Um, it could be for all of us, um, but it's only really for those who are prepared to put in the effort and the, um, yeah, just the time and the dedication to praying in that way to get into that really special place and communion with God. No agenda. You're not asking anything. You don't want anything from him. You just want to be in his presence. That is a really different and special type of prayer. And it's not where I am. I'm not saying this to you because this is where I am and I think you all should be here too. Um, you know, there's, there's probably been times in my life when I have been more there, uh, but the last year, that hasn't been my experience at all. I haven't been, I haven't been a good prayer the last year. It's hard. Whew. So, you might not think that this type of prayer for you, but definitely the intercessory type of prayer, I think it can be for all of us. Um, And maybe you don't see yourself as a great prayer warrior, but you can be. And why do you need to be? Why do you need to be that person who is in the Holy of Holies or in that intercessory space? You might think that, well, you're not you're not a prayer warrior like uh, James Aladdin and my friend, um, that you're not that person. You don't have a ministry a platform where you need to be that kind of a prayer warrior. But there will come a time in your life where you need that kind of prayer, that you will have a friend who needs you to pray that way for them. You'll need to be standing in the gap for someone because they can't pray for themselves anymore. And we've seen that, you know, in different situations with with little baby Jack. His little family couldn't pray for him. They were so consumed by the situation that they were in. They were giving all of their attention to that, as they should. And they relied on people around them to intercede for them, to hold them up in front of God's face and say, remember Jack, remember Jack, look at him. This little baby, he needs you to heal him. And as people were holding, not that God doesn't know Jack's there, he does. But there's just a a strange thing where two things can be true at the same time. God knows everything about baby Jack, more than we did. But he also wants us to hold him there and ask for healing for him. So there will come a time in your life where you need that type of prayer. You'll need to have developed it. And when do you develop it? Not right then. You, You develop that starting now you you develop that before you need it we have a friend right now who needs that kind of intercessory prayer he he there is no way that he can pray for himself he can't he is relying on his friends um, to hold not somebody you know here don't don't start thinking around the church who could that be um not even in this country but he needs us to be holding him up because he does not have the ability to do that right now and it is a privilege to do that for somebody else Um, but we like i said we build that capacity before we need it so what's our response to all this 
Hopefully this is not too heavy for you and I'm not standing up here saying that I have this all squared away and you guys don't. So one finger pointing at you and at least three pointing back my way. Um, we all can improve and uh, be more intentional about this. So do we need to start a new rhythm of prayer? Do we need to be more on purpose about the way we pray? Do we need to learn some more? Maybe, maybe you do. Maybe you need to, I mean, you can watch uh, prayer warrior ministers on YouTube and learn from them. Learn from, you know, pick somebody who has good theology, please. But you can be learning from people who are way out ahead of us in this space. Maybe we just need to start practicing some more. Now, I don't think this scripture will be up there because it was a bit of a late entry. But um, anyway, it shouldn't have been a late entry. I should have, you know, had this um, on my notes immediately. But when in the book of Daniel, if you love big stories, please read the book of Daniel. Um, It's in the Old Testament. If you're not familiar with your Bible, that's where you'll find it. But the book of Daniel has some really big stories in there. Um, And just one situation when when the king decreed that they were not allowed to pray to their god anymore um, it says this in daniel 6 now when daniel learned that the decree had been published he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards jerusalem three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed giving thanks to his god just as he had done before So when the hard time came, he didn't have to go, oh my goodness, um, what should we do? Should we call a prayer meeting? Like, let's get everyone together. He just went about his normal business, praying to God three times a day, as he always did. Um, And that's kind of, um, yeah, just an example of of how we need to be in these good rhythms, these good patterns of prayer, and and to really build some stamina in, in this way for when the hard times come, because they will. So what are some things that, that we can do? Uh, we have a World Day of Prayer coming up on Friday. Um, so it's an ecumenical thing. It's being held at the Salvation Army this, this year. Next year it's going to be here at Selbaps again. Um, so World Day of Prayer is where all the denominations come together and we pray for um, a country around the world. This year it's going to be Taiwan. So if you're free, Friday night, 7pm Salvation Army, get along there and just be a part of that service in praying for the people of Taiwan. We've got Thy Kingdom Come which is um, a little season of prayer that we do in May. Uh, This was started in the UK as a lot of the good things are and um, so it was started by the um, uh, Archbishops of York and what's the other one? Canterbury, there you go. Um, And they just thought they'd, they'd try this thing. This is a few years ago now. And they said it was like putting up a small sail into a howling gale of the Holy Spirit. They had no idea that it would take off how it did. Hundreds of thousands of people packed out the churches that first year because they wanted to be there. They wanted to be a part of it. But anyway, so, um, so thy kingdom come, obviously... Um, around the Lord's Prayer. And it's a 10-day season of prayer where we... Um, choose to pray for five people, uh, pray for five people and we often have a prayer walk as a part of that and a worship night to kind of celebrate at the end. Um, so that, that will be coming up in May. So just, yeah, make sure that you're a part of all of these things that are coming up. So maybe you need to set some time aside. Uh, we sometimes just, uh, if you do a daily prayer, um, we're busy people, we get up and we 
uh, maybe read our Bible, we might uh, pray a prayer where we ask God for some things and then we might, if we're really good, we might take a moment or two just to see if God's got something to say. All right, and then we, we move on. Um, but maybe you need to actually set some, some time aside, some bigger amounts of time. Maybe it'll be, I don't know, twice a year that you manage to set aside a chunk of time where it's just about you and God. Um, but think about that. We're entering a season of Lent now. So we all did Pancake Tuesday on, on uh, Tuesday last week, Shrove Tuesday. Um, we don't particularly follow that uh, church calendar very well in, in our Baptist church, but, but Shrove Tuesday was last Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, is supposed to be sort of giving things up for Lent. And um, the absolute hero that is the Anglican minister in Stratford um, has suggested as part of his interview with the ABC that we don't just give something up, but that we add something in for Lent this year. Maybe, maybe this is something that you could add in. So maybe it'll be a service thing, but maybe it is adding in prayer for the season of Lent, which is 40 days, a little bit less now because you've missed like four days. Um, but maybe for 40 days, you just try um, a new way of praying, setting aside a new amount of time for praying. And then just start, then just do it. And praying is a little bit like a muscle. You actually build it by using it. Um, you build up some stamina. Um, you build up uh, ability to, to be in God's presence for a longer time. And you do that just by practicing. And that's it. So we've, we've sort of, um, we've prayed for Cranthy and Neelima and the family today. Um, have a look around you. There are people in our church who need a healing touch from God right now, whether they're sitting right here now, whether it's a family member that they have at home. We have people, maybe they're in your friendship group, maybe you know who they are, um, maybe you don't, but there are people who need a healing touch from us, from our prayers rather. That, that's not right to say us. It's God working through us through our prayers, but, but there are people who need that healing prayer today. Uh, Cranthy and Neelama need our prayers as they head off into a, a new part of their life, um, which can feel quite scary. You're sort of cutting ties with everything that you know here and just heading off. You don't know anyone in the new place. You don't know what your new church is going to look like. So um, remember them in your prayers this, this week and in coming weeks as they settle into their new place. I'd like to end with this quote as the, the band comes up. The van could have come back up after the first thing I said, um, which was when you pray. And it's this whole kind of assumption of Jesus that we will pray. He doesn't say if you pray. He says when you pray. It is assumed that we will pray. So let's pray. Not now. I'm going to say something else. Um, <laughs> so there's this great quote that I'd like to finish with by one of my favourites, Sidlow Baxter. He's a bit old school, but he only died in 1999, which is not that long ago, surely. I was an adult then, 1999. Some of you weren't born. Um, anyway, he said this, and it's true. Men may spurn our appeals, reject our message, oppose our arguments, despise our persons, but they are helpless against our prayers. And that is true because our prayers um, kind of set God in motion. And he can do it without us. But that's one of those things, it's true, two things at the same time. He can do it without us, but he chooses to work through us. So um, let's do our part. 
Um, hopefully this has given you some things to think about um, during the week, maybe some things that you can stretch yourself in. Um, maybe get around somebody else, maybe get a prayer partner, have some accountability around your prayers um, and like stretch each other together in your prayer life. Like, um, you know, take this on as a bit of a, a mission. If you want to do it just for 40 days, see what happens, you can do that. Um, but yeah, um, let's stand and we'll all pray together. Let's practice. God, I thank you. God, I thank you that you do listen to our prayers. That as soon as we start praying to you, God, that you are already listening. That you incline your ear, that you lean into us just a little bit more. God, we thank you that you are always there. You're just a prayer away. God, we know that you are all-powerful, that you are present everywhere. We know that you love us, that you want the best for us. Every person on the planet, you want the best for everyone. And God, we know that you choose to limit yourself to work through people like us. So God, I pray that this morning as we've been learning about prayer, as we've been uh, stretching our thinking about prayer, God, that you will, will honour our prayers, that you are already moving on our behalf in our prayers. God, we thank you for people that we know who need a healing touch from you. God, you know their situation better than we do. But as we hold them up in front of you for your healing touch, touch, God, we know that we can trust you, that you will move, that you will move in the best way for that person. God, we thank you for our friend who needs our prayers so badly right now. God, I pray that you keep him safe. that your loving kindness will touch him, that you will heal his heart. And God, we pray for those who here that need a healing touch from you today for uh, significant situations, for sickness that looks hopeless. God, we know that you are the God of the impossible and that our prayers can cause things to happen that wouldn't happen if we didn't pray. So God, we ask you, again to be moving in those situations we ask for your peace and your comfort in people's lives and above all god we pray that people will come to know you as their lord and savior and for the way that that just changes everything god thank you for loving us thank you for working through us thank you for choosing us And we pray all this in your precious name. Amen.